Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. And we are back with yet another commission podcast. This one from Ruben from Boston. Uh, we're going to be talking about falling down today. Uh, real quick, we have we have uh, recalibrated the order of the next three commission podcasts because our schedule has been so tight with uh, some other stuff that we've been doing in the background that uh, Mulholland Drive just... We'd never seen it before. We know it's, it's like a mind fuck. We, yeah. So we called an audible and we brought forward. We didn't want to fall even further behind. So we brought forth a movie that we're already familiar with, less intimidating to work on. And Ruben benefited from that. Uh, Ruben from Boston. Uh, he says, I just want to take this opportunity to say how much I respect you guys for going full time. The podcasting hmm. gig. Uh, he works as an independent contracting courier. It's a been, defense contractor? No, Is that what's in, independent here? contractor. Oh, a courier. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, e- independence. No, I was like, <laughs> trying to think of a license plate that work. Right. Because I know myself how, fe- how good it feels to do something that you enjoy for a living. Yeah. Uh, he spends a lot of time in his car. It's great to have us for some of the longer drives. And he'd like to commission the podcast Falling Down, starring, of course, Michael Douglas. It's a great movie. and would cool. love to hear your thoughts on it. Well, thank you. So... Thank you. What's your relationship with this movie? It's interesting. So I saw this movie a long time ago. Uh came out in 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long after that I saw it. I was definitely in my teens the first time. Uh, and I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, look at this guy busting the heads of bad guys. Not taking He's shit vigilante for Vigilante justice. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Got real gung-ho into it. Mm-hmm. My view on this movie has since evolved, <laughs> yeah, and it it's a little clunky, ah. both from a morality perspective and also from uh, I think a storytelling perspective. Hmm. I have a similar history, so I, I had this friend. His name is James, mutual friend, and he was one of those rare like people that converted to witnessing later right. in life. So yeah. he still had a lot of rough edges, and some of those rough edges manifested, and he'd seen rated R movies. And for whatever reason, when he got together with me, I don't know whether he saw me as a kindred spirit, but uh, he we'd like to get to drink and watch these rated R movies. He'd curate for me, <laughs> right? I think he's the one who introduced me to like Godfather and huh. Scar- or, or I, I can't remember, but I know there was a couple that he introduced me to. This was one of them, and I remember the same thing. Like, yes, I I could describe myself for various reasons as an angry angry young man, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I could definitely see like even then there was some moral problems with the stuff he was doing yeah um but it happened for me the heel turn happened later in the movie when you find out that he had been you know scaring his wife and doing mm-hmm. all these things and he clearly became kind of the bad guy by sure. the end of the film but this time like man like i there's a lot of stuff that's played for comedies that is is pretty terrible like oh yeah uh, and and the other thing that's interesting is they don't really play with the idea other than his wife of there being shades of gray. Like that Korean shop owner mm-hmm. was kind of just a straight up asshole. Like I'm not saying he needs his shop busted up, okay. but fuck Fair. you, dude. It, uh, uh, with with not doing the change and no public restrooms and all that stuff. Uh, you know, you had the gang members. You had the guy in the gun shop that was just uh, over like, the top. He, he had a good gimp in the basement. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and he probably had Marcellus Wallace all chained up and lubed and ready to go. Like that guy is just right. an insane person. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and everybody's had the, you know, the, I guess the most relatable one is, you know, McDonald's refusing to serve breakfast to you, which sure kids born today will not be able to relate to this. They'll be like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you just serve people food when they wanted to eat it? Is that true? Concept. Do they serve breakfast yeah. all day now? Have you been living under a rock? I don't go to McDonald's. Okay. Well, okay. I go. I go when I'm driving. You do go outside into a real world, though. You, well, you... do you consider Chipotle the real world? <laughs> I get. You're right. You're right. You don't get Chipotle, I, Starbucks. Other than their bald home. movies, you don't get le- more than 500 feet from the apartment. I suppose. True. Uh, <laughs> you, you got like a reverse restraining order against the entire world. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Fuck those guys. They've uh, never done anything for me. Yeah, McDonald's will serve you breakfast all day now. Huh. Okay. Although what's hilarious Hot is cakes. You wanna get you wanna you want a double cheeseburger at seven AM? Fuck you still. What? I know. 
I know. Uh, it feels like it should be a two-way street. We need falling down too. Michael Doug, old ass Michael Douglas. <laughs> I with can't his, get a burger at with, breakfast. With his throat herpes, needs to come out of retirement, and, and <laughs> he does have pretty gravelly. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. He's got like some kind of sex disease that he claimed he got from oral. Oh, he had throat cancer. Sex disease that he said was from some kind, of, which is entirely plausible. I don't know why people give him shit about it, but yeah, he he got some kind of oral herpes that l- l- turned into throat cancer. Whoa. Has nothing to do with this movie. Okay, sure. But but my point was the more I was watching this, like, you know, it'd be interesting to give some of these opposing people shades of gray. So right. you could see yeah. kind of like the awfulness of this thing that he's doing. But up until yeah. the end with the little girl and the family, I guess the family of the rich guy, that was they another were pre- pretty innocent. Yeah. Swimming in a pool and I think they got permission. They had a barbecue it in was, a guy's I, backyard. I don't know if they got permission for that time. It's Maybe more not. like yeah. he's let us do this before, but then mm. he's gone for th- I, I don't know. But that was the thing, like, there, it just, 30 years from the time this, wait, is it 30 years the time this movie came out? 25? 20, yeah, it's Coming up at 25? Yep. It, yeah, the, the, the white guy against minorities. Yeah, that's, that's really sticks out. What's funny is that they take the gun shop owner as like, that's, that's a real bad, like, my, that, as opposed to Michael Douglas, who's just you know, kind of doing righteous things. Right. Like uppity shopkeeps, fucking gangsters, all that. Like they, they all can, can feel the vengeance of his bat. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it starts out pretty minor as it needs to, right? If this guy just snaps and starts murdering innocents, mm-hmm. that's no good. Uh, and you immediately know he's a bad guy. I, I feel like it's tough because I, I think there is a sort of shade of gray in this character where you you find out a lot of stuff. You find out, A, he's not a good guy because he's been not quite violent toward his wife and child, but, like, very very on the edge there. Yeah. Um, Which gives you the sense that she thought he could snap, and then he eventually does snap. Uh, And I also thought that was, like, very prescient, the way they treated... Because that's become kind of uh, a thing that we discuss nowadays, the fact that, you know, women in these domestic violence situations are kind of boned. Because right. until the guy does something to warrant, and they've probably changed this in a lot of jurisdictions, but you get that situation where until a guy is like, you know, roughed you up, and mm-hmm. the cops have come for that thing, like, can you get a restraining order? And, oh, do I want to provoke him? Like, I I thought there was some insightful things about the plight of a woman being in a relationship with a man who's this unstable. Right, like, but, but they also try and have it both ways, I think, and this is where the storytelling starts getting clunky, is because... They want you to also sympathize with him as this guy who's obsolete, right? Mm. This guy who lost his job because he was undereducated and overemployed or vice versa. Uh, You're supposed to feel like this is a man who's worked his entire life for something and now has it all taken away for no real reason. Yeah. I, I think it works entirely against that to have him essentially be the bad guy here. Like, you can't sympathize with him because he's going around beating up shop owners. He's borderline abusive to his wife physically probably emotionally is uh oh yeah like that scene where they show him at his daughter's birthday was hard to watch right yeah put her on the horse yeah get her on the horse yeah Yeah, it's can't you see i love you you know like that's like classic like again i i'm with her like you got out at the right time yeah yeah don't let this guy pop you in the face but that's the thing the kind of thing that i didn't see on the first watch is sure it's not just righteous anger at all these small daily annoyances it's also this guy a taking him way too far and b he's he's mentally unstable to begin with right it's not the everyday man well so i think that what happens if this guy gets some kind of effective therapy Mm -hmm. i mean there's a little bit of like this guy is clearly someone who would uh askew those notions in the same way it's interesting because they 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 ask you to compare and contra- contrast him with um oh my god i can't believe i'm drawing a blank bobby d there you go bobby duvall uh robert duvall uh they're asking compare and contrast and i think robert duvall comes off favorably because yeah. he's got this wife who has got some mental problems oh god I... and he's trying to do like and to me like bending over backwards at, but then at the at the end it's funny because when I watched this as a younger man, I saw him putting his woman, his his wife in her place as like a heroic turn for him. Mm-hmm. And now I just see it as 
I mean, I she is she is portrayed as such a fucking conniving yeah. bitch. I I hate that you're supposed the, to feel good. I hate the character here. I think yeah. the character is just bad. But it's weird. It's I like mean, a it's, toxic it, form of femininity. Just the way like Michael Douglas, who was this you know straight white male who was a defense contractor and he's mm-hmm. saving America and now he's out of job and he's he's too old to be retrained and he's got all these resentments and bitterness and the things that made him a man are slipping away. He's lost control of his family and now he's this bitter rage machine. She's kind of a reflection of that. She's a woman who is very beautiful and a prom queen and she slowly lost her looks and now she's become bitter and raging and, and lashing out at her family. It's kind of like a yin and yang Right, but then Robert Duvall is like a, a complete dick to her, and that's that was played off as like a crowning moment of awesome for him. Well, I I think the difference there is the performance. Michael Douglas carries this performance off incredibly well. Where we don't see anything this, but this. I don't, I don't know her name. The woman yeah. playing Robert Duvall's wife is full on fucking lunatic mode. Yeah. Where one minute she's she engaging alt- him lovingly, the next minute she's shouting top of her lungs into the phone. Yeah. I want you home right now. I want you home now, 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 now. Like the thing she's is, she's lost her goddamn mind. I know, and I, but I, she, she reminds me—it's just me, such a flip-flop portrayal. I can't. She reminds me a lot of like when my grandfather had Alzheimer's, really, which made me feel bad for everything because mm-hmm. that's just a shitty situation. I don't sure. know what you yeah. do. Uh, you know, if I like, it seems like it skipped my dad. If if I have been inflicted with it, I don't know, man. Like fucking shotgun mouthwash, something. If I have a lucid <laughs> moment, but. Uh, it, 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 it broke my heart and, but it's so tone deaf to have him be, I mean, you, you've asked me to be sympathetic towards this woman's plight and sh- convince me that, you know, Robert Duvall has loved this woman. And then at the end, he's essentially, you know, shut up or I give you the back of my he's hand fed eh? up with her. Yeah. to the moon, Alice. And he's I'm like, had too much and he's snapped in his own right. And his partner's all on board with it. And she's a woman, which makes it okay. Uh, that's but there's yeah, a lot of weird juxtapositions of this movie, like you know mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, who is this you know racist xenophobic bigot that's lashing out at all these people, yep. hits a genuine Nazi, right? And like I'm not on your side, but it's are well, we? Th- that's the problem because I view him as a bad guy, but at the same time he's doing that what I consider a righteous good thing he, to, a to worse beat guy. the shit out of this guy. Yeah, yeah, like this guy doesn't deserve to live, and I guess he kills him. He doesn't just beat him; he shoots him uh-huh. multiple times. So. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not condoning that. Certainly, that action. I mean, that's insane uh, in its own right. But I think like you're meant to see Michael Douglas as the good guy in that situation, and it's tough because in every other situation, I see him as the bad guy. Yeah. Except with, maybe with the exception of the gang members. Certainly, the store clerk. I see Michael Douglas as the bad guy. He takes it too far. Yes. Uh, certainly with um, the the family at the pool. He's the bad guy. I think at the golf course, he's even the bad guy. I mean, for sure. Like I said, like you're that, but that's the thing. For ninety percent of his victims, like if those old dudes were just kind of your stereotypical impatient, out of touch, wealthy old guys, you know, he it, it would it would make the contrast between them and, and Michael Douglas all the more. But they've got to be the worst kind of entitled, right. abusive. Uh, you know, looking down on his like suddenly he's going around in like gardener clothes and now he's being treated as one of those guys and he gets a taste of that medicine. Yeah. And it's but but that's what I'm saying. Like, I just wish they had used non cartoon cut out caricature caricatures. And, and I wish they had like one of those gang, on... one of one of those gang members had been like 14. That had been interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Or what if the Korean guy was just like super scared and like, you know, confused about what's going on and just terror. I mean, he got there, but he also, right, yeah. you know, wasn't, uh, he was just an unrepentant asshole too to start with. That's again, sure. Sure. I'm not saying he needed his shot busted up. <laughs> right. But, uh, there you go. I, yeah. I, I just wish they had been more consistent with who, like whether Michael Douglas character, Bill or William, whatever was a good guy or a bad guy. Mm hmm. And I mean, maybe that's part of the message here. I don't, I don't know exactly what they're trying to say with this, other than there's some pent up rage and people who feel like they're obsolete at some point. That I just thought that you know, in a in a changing America, like I, I don't really understand all that. I wrote down on my notes like the first sentence was, uh, "Wow, Hank Hill takes a dark turn in his live action debut." Uh, 
because I th- I feel like that that reminds me a lot of Hank Hill. Hmm. Um, just you know, his look and, and and his vibe. But the other thing is, Michael Douglas. When I first watched this movie, I remember saying to myself over and over again, "This is my fucking dad." <laughs> And okay. 25 years later, it's still my fucking dad. Uh-huh. Like, because my dad is like a re- like he tends to have this volcanic temper, and he's an angry person on the road. Hmm. And di- like, he's the one guy who is screaming at the top of his lungs at D- in Disneyland. Yeah, right. You Don't know? put him in a hot car. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think they both like. What's really funny is that I think Michael Douglas is driving a Chevy Citation, which is what like that's what. Dad drove that in the mid eighties. Uh, I wow. there's just like really, really some some interesting parallels between that the way that he used to dress when he went to work. Um, I don't and I don't know if that makes me more or less sympathetic to his character, uh-huh. but it's definitely something that I I picked up on. Um, it just yeah I yeah. this so 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 this movie is directed by Joel Schumacher, right? It is. Joel Schumacher, I would say, in my familiarity with his films, and he's had some great ones. He's had some bad ones. I just actually watched Batman and Robin last weekend. Oh, God. I think I've only ever seen the bad ones. But he does seem to suffer from excess. Mm, Like, even this traffic jam, like, there are so many elements of, like, you know, just the fact that, like, douches on cell phones. Remember that was the thing when just having a cell phone was, like, wearing a Bluetooth earpiece? Mm Mm-hmm. Like you're just an unredeemable. You're on. You're in your phone, and you're fucking talking to people. Who the hell are you? Yeah, I would submit if Michael Douglas has a cell phone in this scene and he can play Bejeweled, maybe none of this ever happens. Oh yeah. Also, or if he can roll down his freaking windows. I, I couldn't help but notice that he's actually under an overpass. He's in the shade. Right? How hot can it be? I mean, come, come on. on. Like it could have been where. Like let's look on the bright side, Mister. Yeah, uh, those people behind you are miserable. But there's also like American flags conspicuously everywhere. Yes, which leads they're, me and, to and believe being that dashed and destroyed. Like this is this is what I'm saying. Joel Schumacher's excess. Like, make sure you get the point that this is this is every bit of like the requiem for the American dream, only for bitter white guys. Right, right, and it's something that I guess I don't identify with. Um I don't know. I mean, things are a lot different now, obviously, 20 years on. Yeah. Um, but I I don't – I think that's the overall thing is we're supposed to be rooting for Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. certainly at the beginning. But later on, like even to the point where he's taken it to what, the these golfers? Like even up mm-hmm. until that point – I think we're supposed to be rooting for him, and I just can't. I think where you're supposed to, in in the movie, like, if you're watching this in 93, you're supposed to tar- start to turn when, because I, I think you're supposed to, like, they intentionally staged the first few phone calls with his wife, because I was right. watching for, you know, I knew the structure of this movie, so I was watching for things to comment on. And the first very few phone calls, it's the stereotypical, like, oh, well, he's a good dad, he wants to spend time, this bitch is right. using the child against him. And then you yeah. slowly evolve about the same time, I think, when you run into the family by the pool where he has that weird interaction with their daughter and scares mm-hmm. the shit up. I think that's where the movie decides that he is a lunatic and needs to be stopped. Um, Man, I on this on first watching, I right, I, I was cheering for him. On this watch, immediately. I turn on him immediately. Oh no, I'm saying in ninety three, like, like yeah, I think yeah. that's like the average viewer. It's interesting when you see but it's weird because like you go back and watch the movie Philadelphia, which was like a gay rights movie uh-huh. and how just fucking homophobic and uncomfortable the whole experience is to huh. watch it in with modern day. Okay. Like never seen it. Kind of the color purple. We had the same thing where yeah. like, that was like, wow, that was, that was a hell of a thing to watch. Um, yeah. Right. I, what was I, I was going somewhere about, Oh, speaking of Robert Duvall, mm. I, I couldn't remember he lived or died in this film. But I was the whole time like, man, they are really telegraphing the fact that he's going to die. Like, it's his last day before retirement. Everybody is talking yeah. about how bad gang violence is. He had to turn in his gun. I mean, they tell a story about a guy who did die. Yeah. In the parking lot. And they're all making fun of it and playing. Uh... Yeah. I, it, was that such a trope at the time? Was, like, cop on his last day of the job, like, that big of a trope at that point? I feel like the 80s is when that trope really took off. Okay. Um, and, you know, became, like, such a kind of a staple of things. So they are making fun of it here. I, they have to be, right? Okay. They I, I think be. so. 
I mean, it's it's too over the top, if not. Also, fuck these guys for Phil. Like, here's my stance on practical jokes. It shouldn't be destructive. You think sand in the desk is, or cat litter in the desk is a little destructive? I mean, it could be. Like, it could, yeah. I mean, it's it's may, maybe a minor annoyance, but it, maybe it could have like gotten in, like if you had a pocket watch in there or something. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, just. You know, the the best practical jokes that have a maximum shock and surprise factor with no chance of physical or property damage. Okay. I mean, if you can't guarantee those yeah. things, then keep noodling on the idea. Don't fuck with people's cars and personal possessions and desks and Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Anyway, um but yeah, I I I was kind of amazed that the end involved a shootout because I was thinking that he was just gonna not uh when did he get his gun back, by the way? When did he get his gun back? Yeah, because I'm I'm now thinking it through, and I know in the movie that he gets disarmed because it's like, hey, I'm here to get your badge and your gun and like blah blah blah, and he turns that stuff over. I think, or did they get interrupted in that middle of that conversation? He might have taken his partner's gun. Okay, when she got shot. Ah, or not his partner. The yeah, the yeah. woman he was no, out there. I, with I think on. that was his partner. Because is it actually his partner? She was rolling around with the other. But that's douche, because he, that's dude. because he had switched to the desk job, right? Because there's this whole backstory about he did him that a while almost, ago. Yeah, he got hurt, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like before he got hurt and was in the desk behind the desk job, maybe they were together. His former partner. Okay. Yeah, and maybe there was some sexual tension there. Did you get any of that? Uh, and Robert Duvall's way too old for this woman at yeah, this yeah. stage. And, and, but and I don't think that was meant to be there if it was on the screen. Okay. Um. Because, you know, he, he genuinely loves his wife, I guess. and But she's also a real pill. She is, yeah. And his, you know, his reasonably attractive cop co-partner co, co is, like, ragging her the whole time, too. His 90s attractive cop partner? Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, no, she... I'm just I, saying I that, like, a 70s million-year-old Sean Connery boned down a 30-something Catherine Zeta-Jones. And, right. Like, the 90s kind of just did that. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, these guys are old and bald and liver spotted but they can still get down with the honeys kind of thing i feel like we're still doing that i mean look at craig daniels or whatever his name is daniel craig <laughs> daniel craig yeah he gets with monica bellucci and like what is he doing with this no, hag no. he's getting with fucking 20 year olds or something no, i know but that's the, that girls. was the in the last movie there was a lot oh, of he's getting cry. with someone age appropriate right yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 who's also still smoking hot but whatever yeah uh <laughs> so what else do we want? Because I've got a couple of like, just random observations about this movie. Well, I, I want to talk about the comparison between Bill and Pr- Prendergast. Is that his name? So who's who here? So I, Michael, Michael Douglas, Douglas and Robert, and Robert Duvall. Duvall. Okay. Because they're both guys who are out of their prime. One of them has been laid off. The other is retiring. Maybe prematurely. Maybe he doesn't really want to do this, but he's doing it for his wife. Because mm-hmm. um, his wife is... She's so messed up because of all the bad things that have happened to her, and I get it. Like, so Robert Duvall wants to have a family, right? She doesn't because she values her her beauty, and it's going to wreck her body. Whatever. I, uh, she it's, does. It. It's too late for both of them at this point. Well, she does it anyway, right? Like she did it anyway for oh, him. Right. Had and the kid, lo- yeah. and then the kid fucking dies, just so... up and dies. So now she feels like all of that was for nothing. Right. He feels guilty about having her do it for nothing, uh-huh. and like. They're both distraught because their daughter died. They both need therapy, both individual and couples. He got wounded on the job. She's super afraid that he's going to get killed or he's something. Kind of, like, I feel like he's suffering from some distress about that, too, but he's too manly to admit it. Probably. Like, in fact, his co- did you, by the way, his captain, that's Raylan Givens' dad, it yeah? It is, Arlo, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like, he's given the full, like, you're, you can't, you're a pussy, bind a desk, yeah. you fucking disgust me kind of speech. And, and I, I, you're not even a cop in my eyes. Like, so he's feeling obsolete and useless as well and like i think there there is a juxtaposition in how they deal with it here you know michael douglas who's kind of an already unstable person goes off the deep end and just loses it he snaps he kills people Mm -hmm. uh robert duvall handles it pretty classily he he you know he's resigned to it a little bit more right right other than cracking a whip with his uh you know, uh, what would you call that child? Because there's other comparisons of these two characters too, along those lines. 
Let me finish okay. your thought, but I want to talk about the juxtaposition of... I mean, that was pretty much it, just how, okay. how they're each dealing with very similar but types of feelings. There's a lot of other mirror images, too. For example, in both of these men's live, lives, they have two women who are kind of infantilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Robert Duvall's wife is um, you know, just extremely immature and emotionally stunted you know, because he's either got Alzheimer's, she's got this you know, trauma from her child dying and losing her body. Like, I, I yeah. don't know. Also, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's also got his partner, who is what I would call, you know, your strong female type. Mm-hmm. And then in in uh, Michael Douglas's case, his mother is the inf- infantilized, feeble woman right. that he kind of views the prism of women through. And his wife seems like she's the really strong female character. Yeah. What do you make of that? I don't. I don't know what to make of that. Like, you know, I hadn't thought about it. You know, because it's the thing is like uh, you've read some books where it says like a lot of times you see the world through the lens of your parents because that's like your earliest. You know, the the a lot of our dysfunction comes from familial dysfunction, right. and you you know the the way you relate to your mother is kind of training for how you're going to relate to women in your in in your life. And the same thing with with your father. It's interesting that. I, I guess I wish I got to meet Robert Duvall's mother so I could really flesh this character out. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, uh, Michael Douglas's mom is kind of the worst. Yeah. And I could see growing up with this this enfeebled shell of a human being would make you kind of, like, fundamentally disrespect the whole opposite sex. And then you get paired with a woman who's got, right. you know, some substance to her and is mm-hmm. self-assured and is not going to put up with that shit. You would feel like you're getting screwed. Yeah. Uh, sure, I can see that. Whereas, I mean, Robert Duvall seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah, up to a point. Yeah, you know, I mean, so bizarre. It only takes so that, much. So bizarre they throw that scene in there. Where... I know it is. It is a little weird. I, honestly, I don't even know that they needed that character of his wife at all. Like, I don't know what it adds to this story. They're, that they're he's... doing some. Like, I think you're right on. They're doing some kind of juxtaposition here, but it's like they throw it all away at that last scene. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the stuff in this movie is clunky. Like, they have mixed messages all over the place, mm-hmm. and none of it really comes together. And I don't want to blame Joel Schumacher too much for that, because he didn't write the script, but uh, still. Well, I just wonder if, like, if I, I, yeah, I don't know what what is the moral of this story. Yeah. Because you still have, like, you know, Robert Duvall needs therapy, too, because he's been shot, and he's had this trauma, and he's lost his child, and he's got, like, all this stuff that he's carrying... Uh, and cause that's what men do, but he's still being called a pussy by his boss and by the guys that work with him. But he like, takes all of that in stride. And but, but like, that's what I'm saying. Not, like, it's not detrimental to his psyche. Yeah. He's, he's more strong willed than to let that get under his skin and just. That'd be like if Robert Duvall was portrayed in the first scene as breaking his leg and he's walking around on it the whole movie. It's like, I don't, you wouldn't come to the conclusion that like, yeah, you guys all right. You know, caster for, it's like, there is a lot of trauma there that he's just not letting on for various reasons, but the movie doesn't have any answer to that. There's no like, right. Yeah. I like, like Robert Duvall shows up. I don't see it in his character though, is the thing. Like, yeah, I don't see that he has some emotional trauma here. Was that a weakness in the Whereas film? Whereas I would or... see him limping along with a broken leg, right? And I, you're right. I don't know. But if what that's if he just, didn't? If... What if the movie? That's what I'm saying. Like, what if would you'd say like that's super unrealistic and dumb? Right. <laughs> so you have a broken leg. How are you his, walking? His evidence of no, not being affected uh, the, is 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 what's tripping me up. And the other thing is like, you know, there was a, kind of an interesting moment between him and um, Michael Douglas's character. But then it quickly devolved into, oh, no, you're definitely the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some shades of gray and, like, almost like, you know, there was a, a bridge building between those characters. And it was... Well, I think that's what Duvall does in this in this character. Mm-hmm. I mean, Duvall is there to understand people and be able to talk to them, right? I mean, you can see that with Michael Douglas' mom uh, right. where they go into her house and she just immediately shuts down his female partner. But Michael Douglas comes in, looks at her glass figurines, starts chatting, and then they eventually get somewhere. So that's like that is like he works. He identified this, this, this mother character because that's kind of the woman, his wife. So like he gets by like, hmm, you know, maybe. anytime she's fun off the handle, he cajoles her by winding up a snow globe and singing London bridge. 
Yeah. You know, and like that, like almost like, like almost like you would do with the five year old who's cranky, like start, you know, like you just this London Bridge redirect, shit, man. I know you just redirect them. Right. So he sees this other infantilized woman like I know how to handle them. Get her talking about her bullshit glass. Yeah. Sculpture things. That and, is not helping her. No. Just distracting her from her problems is not helping her. No. But, you know, you it's everyone self-medicates differently. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Yep, I guess uh, maybe everything is going to be fine and dandy once he's off the force and in. <laughs> so let's let's talk specifics here. I want to start with the gangster stuff. I thought it was I thought it was heartwarming. They show the Crips and the Bloods working together to bully this white guy. <laughs> did she does like one guy's got all blue and one guy's got all red? Really, I didn't yeah. notice. No, yeah, Jesus, that's funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, what did you make of the complete shit show of the drive by? What like, do you mean? Just completely like, missing him and then ramming into another car and just, dying? Just, just, ru- yeah, like it was is, a shit show. It was what? What is the movie trying to st- say when he like miraculously, like in a jewels from Pulp Fiction kind of way, survives this thing and it just mows down so many people and ends up almost killing everyone in the car, but the I guess innocent girl who was against it. Like this movie has a very strong sense of morality. I just mm-hmm. don't identify with it. It's very alien at this point in my life. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I I don't understand a lot of this movie simply because it has mixed messages, or I'm just not the person who gets it. Doesn't right. doesn't do much for me. I don't I don't know. I mean, so I blame the driver. The driver's the problem here, right? I mean, <laughs> clearly he didn't slow down enough so that the bullets wouldn't miss. And oh, that's drive by one hundred one. Right, you slow you can't, down. You can't get you. You got to follow through. You can't start your getaway before the drive by is done. And you have one job, which is the fucking getaway. <laughs> Don't take your eyes off the road and crash the car. It's drive by, not drive into a wall. Come on, you don't man. have a gun. Yeah. Just, 10 and 2, mm-hmm. eyes on the road, see what the fuck you're doing, and get out of there. Yeah. Uh, that was... He was just too wrapped up in the shooting to drive. It's just funny because it's kind of played as comedy. And I noticed they didn't... I don't, yeah. was, I don't know if this was a budget or cheap or Joel Schumacher not caring or what, but like the uh, hit was very bloodless. Like women and yeah. children are dying, but there weren't like their heads weren't exploding. And I wonder if that was like a, a choice. Other than uh, the one guy who got it. In fact, uh, from Michael Douglas. In, yeah. in fact, the whole thing where he's on the phone and he's—I I wondered if some of this is supposed to play as delusional. What do you mean? But but Robert Duvall interviewed these people because I, I was trying. So how much of this stuff is happening as a fantasy in his head? Nothing. It's all supposed to be nothing. Yeah, because I, I was, think I was going, going through a thing movie. where they were trying to see that this guy's on a psychotic break and. Don't watch too much, much Mr. Robot. Yeah, I know. Uh, what do you think of the aggressively bad police work in this movie? Oh God, yeah. Like we talked Except about for Robert Duvall. That's like, we we talked about this in Seven, where it's uh-huh. like, well, you trying to do so? Well, you, you know, it's like I get it. There's a little bit like, ah, uh, you're giving a fuck, but it's not your turn to give a fuck. But damn, yeah, damn, these people are really aggressive about being super bad cops, super bad policemen. Uh, except for Robert Duvall, who is on his last day of the job and desperately wants to solve this case. Why? What do you What do you think it is about? about either Robert Duvall or this particular case that he's into. Well, Sue, so I, th- I thought they were setting up this some kind of thing where if he could save uh, Michael Douglas, he could kind of save himself, or some of this stuff that is... Because it seems like the guys have been teasing him about this desk job business and being kind of henpecked and pussy-whipped and apron-strung and all the other crap that people No, say. no, no. I mean... Uh, you didn't think in the going-away party, you didn't see that they were kind of mocking him? Uh, Yeah, during that scene, but I think the bulk of where all of that stuff was coming from is he got wounded on the job and he took a desk job instead without telling anyone why right because he because he talks to his partner his former partner later on and that comes out yeah yeah that you know he did but they all assume i think it's broadly assumed that he's a coward right right he's afraid to get hurt again yeah but he's really doing it for his wife's sake right he would be out in the field i think well i mean i would love to add more nuance and say it's for multiple reasons but yeah I don't know that there's a lot of nuance in this movie. <laughs> I think there's mistaken nuance. Do you think you could remake Falling Down and have some kind of interesting social statement about it? Oh, yeah. It? Yeah. How would you do that? I'd call it hashtag Falling Down, yeah. and I'd just modernize it without all of the mixed messages. I mean, it would just be, it'd be interesting to see the... like. 
it would be an exploration of like this guy showing frustration with something that he doesn't understand at all. Mm-hmm. And like somehow and confront like he can still have this mindless rampage, but you would understand that like, you know, it's not as easy. Right. Like these guys aren't gangsters because they're bad guys. They were in a failing school system with their parents in jail and they were 14 years old and scared. And this organization offered them family. That, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like all they the stuff. They wouldn't be that, going up against caricatures. Right. Right. People. All archetypes. the stuff that we've we've since kind of understood. It's like, oh, people don't sling drugs and shoot people because it's like, you know, they're 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 villains in some kind of fucking morality play. They do it right. because uh, traditional opportunities are, are, are don't exist. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting to see, and again, the character doesn't have to confront them, but we would have to, but they don't do that at all in this movie. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Um, what did you think about, there was also, the one of the thing I thought was most fascinating is Michael Douglas runs into his negative, like literally, it's a black Michael yeah, Douglas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wearing the same clothes. Same clothes, having a meltdown the same way. And unviable. I thought, like, again, I didn't remember exactly what happened. I didn't even remember the scene. Um, but I thought like, wouldn't it be interesting if Michael Douglas sees that as a kindred spirit and like interferes with like, you know, like the cops are there to show him up, like tried to butt in, Yeah. but he passively watches it. And I the whole time I'm thinking, what is going through his head? Does he understand that this is the, that he is the same guy as this? Does I he, think so. Does he, yeah. does he see this guy as like a lunatic? Does he see that that's like, wow. That's like, a this, good question. Because. No matter how righteous your goal and your cause is, unfortunately, if you're standing outside a place harassing people going in and out with a sign and just making people feel uncomfortable, like your goals are probably not going to get picked up on. And I mean, I don't, I have a complicated relationship with protest cultures, but right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I thought that was one of the fascinating scenes in the movie, and they don't, they just kind of. There was a review of this movie that said this is kind of like a mirror that what you take out of this movie was going to say a lot about you and yourself and not as much about the movie. And I'm wondering how much of that, like Joel Schumacher, like, you know, there's going to people be like, yeah, right on, Michael Douglas. You're you're telling truth to power and you're taking back the streets for decent folk. Right. And there's going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, my God, this is fucking horrific. Uh Like, this is senseless violence. And, you know, this guy needs help. But I... I kind of did that. So I don't know if you take the movie from that standpoint, is it good or bad? It just is a mirror that, that asks you to what, what yourself think. I'm not saying yeah, what, what I, you yourself think. I was just right, saying right. that's what it's asking. No, I think you're right. I mean, that's, a, that's true of all. And I don't know that I'm prepared to call this good, uh, but all good art, all good cinema. It's supposed to be more about you than the, than the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just it feels very muddy this movie feels muddy hmm. like it needed a little more clarity in its in its morals a little more clarity in its characters um to me overall it's interesting because I, I, I the other thought i had is this happens to me a lot uh because i'm a 40 something you know white guy i i look i look a little bit like a lumberjack um I get in a taxi cab, and half the time, if it's a, a, another a fellow white guy, they're going to start talking to me as if I like. The last time I got in a taxi cab, I got hit with like within five minutes of saying hello to this guy, he's going off the deep end with like Alex Jones, info war, conspiracy theory, race war stuff. Oh my god! And I'm like, dude, you are came to the wrong shop to preach this shit. And like, what about? me you should introduce him to a some podcast yes yeah, like what about me like made him think that he's a kindred it's like kind of like the thing where michael douglas has with the fucking ne- the nazi in the gun shop right. yeah or yeah. the the surplus shop uh-huh. and then like two weeks ago i had the cable guy out because like you know my tv signal had gone to shit and there's some problems within five minutes he starts trying to build common cause with me about trump and i'm like what how are you on the clock coming to people's rooms like what that's so super risky behavior, but like yeah. the, he treated it like, you know, and we had a like, you know, interesting, you know, uh, as interesting as one can have with people that far apart political conversation. And I wasn't an asshole to him, but like, I think that's, I don't, that's, that's such a weird experience. Like I can be, 
like I guess I have a face of an a, of a of a, a misinformed douchebag. Okay, not particularly, not as far as I'm concerned, but but like you know, if I if I wear a suit and like uh, you know Ray Bans horn rim glasses, and I go into a, a paramilitary outfit store, are they going to start talking about the? They might, you know, what we're, we're going to have to do about the Jews and the minorities. Like that's that's I don't know. I don't want those conversations. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the only time I really do identify i guess with michael douglas is that scene have you ever had an experience like that or people like assume just, just assume things about me assume and... like really wrong-headed things about you and run um, with it and then like you're like halfway in a conversation where you're like oh man can i even stop at this point i've yeah i've definitely had people just air their opinions on me i don't know if they're assuming something about me based on my appearance but uh they definitely have aired their opinions and their opinions I don't agree with and I try and be as polite as possible. I don't, especially if it's like just a quick encounter, I don't want to start a conversation and an argument. I just want to get in there and get out and be done with it. Right. Uh, so I, I don't usually engage too much in those conversations, (laughs) but like if you're stuck with somebody in your house and they're Uh doing a job and they're going on about something you disagree with, Uh that'd be pretty annoying. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I like, you know, again, is my fucking house. So it's like, well, okay. Because, you know, uh, shame on me because he came in and I was watching. Because just, I'm just watching politics all the time, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, and I was watching, um, I can't remember which channel. But, yeah, he started uh, instantly jumping in on the, the Hillary versus Clinton, the Trump stuff. Mm. The other thing I thought was super interesting is at the end, Michael Douglas is like, I did everything they told me to. And now I'm the bad guy. And I think that does tap into a very real frustration that a lot of these privileged dudes have where, like, you know, they grew up and, like, this is the path you take. Mm-hmm. And if you do this and you marry the right woman and you get the right job, that the world is going to kind of work for you. And yeah, and it doesn't turn out that way. And there's, like, this real anger of, like, well, shit, I might have want to grow my fucking hair out and smoke dope and paint in my garage or start a garage band or, like, rode my motorcycle across the country like all the fucking hippies and I did all this right and I'm still getting kicked in the nuts. I feel like that is a real genuine, like, that. that that's another thing that reminds me of my dad because right. I feel like he has a lot of regrets about the way he lived his life. Um, yeah, and I won't say that there's nothing to identify in Michael Douglas' plot or Michael Douglas' character's mm-hmm. plot here or plight, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Well, like in Robert Duvall, the ultimate answer is like, yeah, you're li- you, they lied to you. Ev- they, everyone lie- gets lied to, asshole. Yeah. Everyone, they're all going to lie to you, Jack. Why do you – why do some people – so my – Anytime I get had, <laughs> mm-hmm. so to speak, it has happened in my life. I always direct that internally. Like, God damn it, I should have known better. Of course, <laughs> why, this was too good to be true. F- I fucked up. Uh, I need to learn from it. But there's a lot of people that fucking externalize that. Yeah. Like, I was lied to. I was sold a, a bullshit bill of goods, and yeah. those fuckers, they need to pay. What I'm going to is- go key somebody's car, or I'm going to go. Yeah. Drop a brick on somebody. I'm going to call this customer service agent and harangue them for 30 minutes uh, right. because I, I mean, what what is the what's the disconnect there? I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm going to say like I'm That's... I don't I think I'm healthy and balanced because there's a couple times where I've just gotten fucked mm-hmm. and instead of being like probably righteously angry about the situation, I just got you know pissed up myself and like uh, you know wrote chalked it up as you know whatever. Um, I, I think that's super like I don't know differences of people is super interesting. Yeah, what insightful I, what insightful opinion you have, Aaron. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know where that comes from and I don't know why people are the way they are. But Yeah. Uh I I don't know. I do have a lot of other random observations. What do you think about the the I thought the movie looks really good. Like it really puts okay. you it it made me of course it it doesn't hurt that it is fucking hot as balls in right. the Midwest and of course there, it seems like the rest of the country like it's f- super fucking hot. But this film, when I was watching it in the comfort of my air conditioned apartment, it you could feel the heat. Sure, you yeah. could feel the sweat dripping off of uh, Michael Douglas's bridge. And you can almost taste the smog in the air, right? Yeah. Like that's the that's the L.A. from the nineties where go. everything yeah, sure. was just hazy and smoggy, and it's getting a little better there. But it's gotten a lot better. A lot better. Yeah, yeah. I've been there a few times. It's it's hard to tell. 
uh-huh. that there's really much smog there during the days. But this has just a gray haze over the whole thing. Yeah. And and it feels very uh, – I think I saw somebody call it neo-noir. Hmm. I think that's fair. That's, Probably. It's a pretty accurate description of it. It definitely has uh, a certain vibe to it, a feel of like – the walls closing in and the the swampy just the the heat of the place it's not swampy out there but you know what if they'd flip the protagonists i would agree entirely because i think the element of noir is an investigation right a mystery and that duval definitely had that but he was not the it was like a weird he was not the focus of the the char- the right he's not the anti-hero or the protagonist even though i think in the end he is the protagonist uh he turns out to be anyway yeah as as I would understand it, he's uh, he's the hero of the story, but that doesn't make him the protagonist. Well, okay, you know what I mean, like just from a literary construct. Sure, yeah. Uh, what else? What else you got? Um, I have random observations now. Like, okay, do it. Hit when, it hit when, me. F- first of all, I got I got to know. How do you get a hole in your shoe so big that you can see through it? <laughs> I mean, the lining's worn out, the leather's worn out, the rubber's worn out. It's all worn out. There's just a giant hole in your shoe. I've had that happen because, like, what... So I had this rotation um, where I've got, like, my man, my number one shoe. It, my number but it, one happened in, it happened in, what, a month? A well, month? I mean, he got fired a month ago, right? Yeah. So in a month, between the time he could definitely afford to buy new shoes... He walked a lot this day. Through a lot of broken ground. <laughs> Maybe he's done this every day for a month. <laughs> That's this is, how. This is the first time anyone caught it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they blame the Mexicans and the blacks on the rest of the attacks. Uh, so flim- <laughs> shame on him for buying such cheap shoes that you can wear through them in a month. Uh, yeah, it's because I said I've, I've had shoes that I've worn through like this because I used to have this rotation where it's like I had my my number one shoes. Like, you know, you had your dress shoes for work and you're like your best sneakers or whatever. Right. And then you had your number twos, which are like, okay, it's it's slushy out today. Sure. So mm-hmm. I'm going to wear my number twos or it's raining. So I'm gonna, and then you got your like uh, your, your your lawn mowing grade. Oh, right. Like, these are the yeah. ones that are like they're that like you would throw out. But but like, hey, I, I still need to sh- kick shit. Yep. Every once in a while, I need to mow my lawn, and those would get like in the shocking, like like I one one time like the fucking whole soul just ripped off a of one, <laughs> right? Uh, right. And, like I so I can see it happen, but you're right. Like, a month into losing my job, I still think my number one shoes are looking pretty good. I would hope so. Uh, but he did a lot of walking, a lot of harsh, broken ground. <laughs> Thirty days of roaming the earth, beating people up. I guess is a harsh toll on your you, shoes. You know what else uh, Michael Douglas has in this film? Huh. A real problem with trigger discipline. Yeah, he does. That scene in the diner. Like, you could forgive him with the Mac-10 or whatever TMP he's he's rocking, shooting up McDonald's, but how the fuck do you mistrigger a rocket launcher, man? It's a it's a button, right? It's yeah, not like an actual... Like, like, five seconds after the kid shows trigger. him how to operate it, he shoots it... Ran- like, I just like, man, goddamn, trigger <laughs> discipline, dude. Well, I mean, he just he just makes weapons. He doesn't use them. Mm. He doesn't know anything about that. True. Uh, I, I appreciated the guy's sawed-off baseball bat. I thought that was pretty good. What did you, that seems like the most useless weapon in the world? Yeah. Well, he's he's got to have it compact so he can hide it down. Get there. a t-ball bat because, like, I'm I'm right. thinking like if you cut the handle off a bat, like the geometry of that is such that it's going to want to fly out of your hands. Yeah. You're gonna it, lose it. You're gonna get one swing. And yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Like I would saw off the business end of it. So you still have the handle that you just got a much it's you it's more of a mace than a bat at that point. Or again, right. uh T ball bats are great for beating people's asses if you want something to come back. <laughs> sure. Walmart sells them for like nine ninety nine. Yep. Keep in the backseat of your car. Tell the cops when they pull you over that hey, you just do T ball practice with your kid. Keep Where's a ball it? glove and, and ball back there too. You don't you don't need a license for a for like a baton or anything, do you? I've heard that like rolling around with a baseball bat in your back seat can be considered a weapon unless you also have like a baseball bat and or, or like a, gl- a glove and a ball. Aren't you I, allowed to have weapons in this society? Not in it, no. You're not allowed. There's like lots of things you can't do. You can't have certain size knives, and you got to right. I know about certain size knives, but yeah no i'm i just that's un, that's the one thing i've always heard i don't know if it's true or not and obviously i've been pulled over with the baseball bat in the backseat of my car where do you where do you draw the line you could probably kill somebody with an arrow sure even without a bow sure just retire iron keep a tire under your seat yeah uh that would probably be cool but 
I don't know. Uh, Society's okay. weird. Sure. Uh, and none of this is legal advice, so don't take it for no. such. I, I found it nearly implausible that Arlo didn't know the most basic facts about one of his his underlings. Oh, really? Like, are you married? Do you have kids? Oh, what? Your kid died? Never heard of any of that stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I guess on the police force, you don't really talk about your personal life, maybe. I don't know. It, does, I, it did seem implausible. Although maybe he, he doesn't a trust a man worked. who doesn't curse. Robert Duvall's a man who doesn't curse, so he just never. It's like one of those things where it's like, ugh, I don't even want to get close to that guy. He gives me heebie-jeebies. Like 40 years on the force. 42 years. Yeah. And you never heard a single fact about whether or not this guy's married? Right. He got That's in a shoot- implausible. Also, he got in a shootout, got uh-huh. wounded. He's in the hospital. Did you not visit him? No, like you didn't his see guts. his wife, and like, uh, yeah, you're right. That does seem wildly implausible. And why wouldn't he trust him? Why? Why does he consider him uh, a pussy or whatever he wants to call him? Even though he got in a fucking shootout and got wounded. That's what I'm saying. It's how like this part of the film was a shit show of like we need these characters to act. We need these cops to be aggressively bad and pigheaded and ignorant and mm-hmm. annoying. So that Robert so he, Duvall he can, look like the hero. can still be kind of rough and gruff and Robert Duvall, but he's going to look like the enlightened, sensitive one. Right. And he does. Yeah. Because everyone else in this movie is a horror show. Also, a little bit of trivia here. Uh, the guy playing Arlo, playing uh, the captain there, mm-hmm. refused to do a scene without either opening or closing his pants at some point in the scene. What? That's not true. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's not true, but every scene he's in, he's either opening or closing his pants. <laughs> I'm like, well, the he's boxing doing... scene, he's putting That's his true. pants back he's on. He's doing the... the Sean Connery method. I guess. Bathroom scene, he starts off pissing. That's true. Ugh. Uh, you know, it's like, I need some uh, I need some airflow. I have to be putting on or taking off pants in every scene. I can see that, sure. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. You got you got anything? I got a, a couple more. Keep going. I'm, a couple I'm, more things. This old guy at Whammy Burger. So the <laughs> the guns go off, right? And this guy's headed toward the door, just completely abandoning his wife, totally stranding her there with the madman with the gun. No attempt to rescue her at all. Just mm-hmm. out the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's got a, a load of fries in her mouth. He's already <laughs> halfway to the parking lot. <laughs> Uh, you know, he knows what's important in life, and apparently it's not her. <laughs> I guess not. Well, there was just a... Man, I feel like there's a TV show or a movie where that was the plot, where the guy just ran off and the band, like, in a crisis, like, he just fucking jetted. Uh-huh. Didn't look behind I, him. I, I think I've seen, yeah, that in a couple of things. Yeah. But hey, you know, he's, uh... Maybe he's, like, just a really staunch feminist. She can handle herself, and I know she can make yeah. the right. She doesn't need me to protect her. Her choice was just sit here and eat fries. Yeah, I respect that. What yeah. do you want me to do? Grab her by the arm and say, Margaret, let's go. I'm like, her back kind of... was to the, the fucking guy. Maybe say, like, <laughs> he's behind you. Let's go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I also like the big old inflatable ass advertising Sir Mix-a-Lot stuff. Uh, oh, shit. I, I didn't see that. I think... Yeah, it was a Sir Mix-a-Lot with a big old brown ass, black ass on it's, the Well, I mean it's right on the in, side of a store. It's it's right in that uh like that's when Sir Mix-a-Lot had his kind of like novelty career. Yeah. It was an inflatable. I can't believe you didn't see this. It was enormous on the screen. It was taller than the building. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> I guess so. I must have been taking taking notes on the uh rampant misogyny and toxic <laughs> going on in the movie. Probably. Uh that's about all I got. Okay. Like, you got anything? No. I mean, no? Okay. at the end, I, I don't know where this movie fits in in the pantheon of films because it made a huge impact on me. It's probably one of the first five or ten radar movies I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I remember really identifying it, not just like not not just in like, oh, yeah, this guy reminds me of my dad on a really bad day mm-hmm. um, with all of his darker impulses. But it also, like, I, I think I identified with it a bit, too. And now I watched it, you know almost you know over 20 years later and like it's just such a it's such a huge difference in the impact it had on me yeah i think if you have any kind of like frustration or anger in your life this movie it's easy to fall into the trap of identifying with michael douglas a little too much mm-hmm. and then getting a little too cheery uh about the things he's doing but i yeah i've i've since come around on this movie i don't think i don't think it's a all that good and 
I definitely don't identify with any of the messages hmm. coming out of it. I do. Like, so it's like it's the same thing with Fight Club. Like, I think Fight Club is still right. a great movie, but like I, as I said in that podcast, like if you identify over much with these guys, care like. It's fine to identify with them a little bit. I mean, you're sure, supposed yeah. to, but if you just like want to start like living your life by those standards, then get help. I feel like the same thing because I don't, I don't know this movie is less great. It hasn't aged well as far as the you know depiction of the his his his, his victims, but I think it's well right. shot and it it does feel like it's trying to say something important. Yeah, and again, like I was really impressed by how they treated some of this domestic, like the sensitive, not even sensitivity, just the reality of how they treated the um domestic violence like right the woman like you know the the cops come and like well you know he hasn't really hit you so what are you going to do and then as the day gets worse and this guy gets progressively scarier she calls out another cop who's a female and she's like hey you know you feel so you next time we have a levy from our cops you better pass it and then the third time they're like i'm not sending another person for some fucking housewife who's got a blah 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 i'm like this is the boy who cried wolf right like Except for it the sucks. opposite. It's someone trying to work within the system and the system failing them. Except for Robert Duvall. Like, you know, if he hadn't figured all this shit out, this woman would have been dead. Right. Like, that's what right, I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah. if Robert Duvall doesn't head this off. Mm-hmm. His ex-wife and their child are dead. I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. That that stuff in that movie, I thought, was really, really, like, forward-thinking ahead of its time. I'm not so sure about the child. I think the wife, the ex-wife would have died. I don't know about the child. I don't well, know if he would have killed her. It's funny because I thought Duvall laid it out pretty, pretty solidly. Like in your head state, you got here, you would have yeah. ke- killed your wife, and then right. like, well, I can't let my wa- girl, little girl, grow up in this world. And then like, well, you know, yeah, like, what have be. I done? That I felt like he really broke that down pretty accurately. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, especially with his problem with the trigger discipline. Apparently, right. He'd, he'd, he'd kneel down to give her his unicorn and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, riddled, God, what have I done? Riddled with bullets. Uh, yeah. And yeah. they'd nickname him the Riddler, and he'd go right into Batman <laughs> Beyond, or Batman uh, First Contact, whatever it's called. Do you think this is also... Do you think... I, I'm trying to think if there's another movie where... Like, this is the first movie I can think of where they depicted the phenomenon of suicide by cop. Can you think okay. of it? Because uh, I thought that was... I'm sure uh, they've done it. I just don't know of it. That's why it's like, I, I hesitate to say this movie's not potentially great. Like, I understand it's it's no, it's no kind of offensive and odious, but it has a lot of, like, interesting forward... And, I, you know, that's not great. Like, that's not... You're like, ooh, I'm excited to see this trend, but, like, that's definitely... It, it seems like it seems like Joel Schumacher was reading a lot of media, and there was this some kind of zeitgeist around you know the fall of the the, the white guy, mm-hmm. and you know he'd read some stuff about domestic violence and the problems with, and he had like all this kind of interracial stew, and maybe the the cook didn't turn out the way he wanted to, but there are yeah. a lot of elements that are really really interesting. I think so. I think like, maybe again, the suicide the by cop. I can't think of scrambled. any. There's been a lot of examples since, but I'm trying to think of a one that happened before that. Yeah, there wasn't like uh, a dirty Harry. Like obviously, I'm trying to kill you, and you just killed me first. Like this is like the squirt gun, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of that? In the end, he kind of realizes he's the bad guy. So he was going to take. He's a, gone too far, and he wants to die. I mean, that's what my next question is going to be: Was yeah. Robert Duvall right? To kill him? No, no, or, no. Like the fact that, like, if he had showed up, that he when did he get rid of his guns? Was he going to show up to his child's house strapped, or was he going to have the squirt gun? No, he was fucking strapped all the way, man. I mean, he was strapped yeah, to the pier. Yeah. Like he drop, he puts down the gun because he's going to hug his daughter or give her popcorn. Right, or something. right, right, right. And then uh, Beth kicks it away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, he he was strapped all the way to the end. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but in the end, he does realize, you know, he's gone too far and he's done bad things, and he probably would have done worse things, and he doesn't feel like he wants to live. Doesn't have anything to live for anymore, you know. Yeah, and Duvall's trying to talk him out, like you know, do you want? Yeah, do, let's just do, go. Do you want to do this to your daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, like life and and you know, I don't know. It was like I said, there was some there was some interesting things that yeah. they felt like uh, little half finished thoughts. Like maybe Joel Schumacher himself needed to meditate on him a little bit more. Yeah, 
I think so. Uh, but then he started making movies with bat nipples. <laughs> right. Do you want to talk bat? Like, so, could you, you mentioned, so yeah, what's your so, opinion of Joel Schumacher, the filmmaker? Let's go over his, okay. let's go over, let's, let's, let's look at his IMDb. Yeah. This is a little bonus territory here. Yeah. This 10 is, minutes of Joel Schumacher talk. Um, so his earliest credit I can see is Incredible Shrinking Woman. Which I have not mm, yeah. seen. I don't know what it's about. That's I feel the, like I've seen it a long. That's the time Lily ago, Tomlin but... one. It's not the like you know Barbarella looking one or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, then he did Saint Elmo's Fire, which I've not seen, but I've heard highly regarded. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. The Lost Boys, which I think is a decent coming to age vampire <laughs> film. Okay. Like, you got a problem with The Lost Boys? I've never seen The Lost Boys, so okay. but I know a lot of people who were teenagers at the time really loved it. Okay. Um, what do you think about... I haven't seen Cousins. I have seen Flatliners. I've not seen Flatliners. Is that uh, is that a Dolph Lundgren I'm seeing on the front of... What? No, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. Yeah, it's in Julia Roberts and they look Kevin similar. Bacon, and there's a couple of, like, you know, wow. like the 90s okay. crew. Yep. Uh, then Dying Young, which I don't even know what the hell I don't I don't know what that is. Um, then this, falling Ju- down. another Julia Roberts. He must have really gotten then falling down. Then the then then he falls into a uh, John Grisham hole. Okay, does the client in '94, a time to kill in '96. I think both of those are fair to decent, you know, uh, pot boiler style uh, legal thrillers. Falls, he in falls a, into the Batman, a Batman right? hole. A real, I mean, that's more of like a he puts Batman in a hole. Like Batman was defunct. Yeah. He, 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 Tim Burton brought him out of the ashes. Uh, Joel Schumacher shoved him in the crematorium. Uh, <laughs> Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Uh, I mean, I've got a soft spot for a both pair those of films, real bad movies. Uh, but, but there's not much you can redeem about Batman and Robin. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I definitely like Batman Forever better. Um, but I was a Jim Carrey fan at the time, so sure. that's probably largely why. Plus, there was still a little bit of the seriousness of the Schum- or of the the Burtons, uh, and even then, like those, like I just watched Batman Forever, the one with the Penguin. That movie's oh, Batman Returns. In- oh, Returns, yeah. yeah. Batman Forever's Val Kilmer. Yeah, Batman Returns is fucking insane. I bet it is. Like at this like point, Danny I bet DeVito it is. and like Christopher Young, Christopher Walken. Doing oh, right, be, being like the political underboss of uh-huh. the penguin, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer being a, a, a really interesting take on uh, Catwoman, cat like that. And you know, he's riding around his fucking mechanical duck, and the the disaster plan is is a bunch of penguins that are strapped with individually targeted ordnance. It's insane. It's an insane movie. So it's yeah. like a lot of people act like, oh, there's a huge drop from that to Batman. I don't agree. Batman and Robin just a fucking yeah. It's a train wreck. It it it's, is. It's either high comedy satire, like like really overveiled satire, or it's just plain terrible. So I've read an interview with Schumacher saying that he actually intentionally drove it towards the Adam West Batman. Right. And I remember there was a time when we were living together and we decided to get wasted and watch a bunch of these shitty Batman. And we started off by watching the original Batman movie yeah. with Adam West. And then Along we watched the Batman. Bomb. And we expected we expected it to be like this be a laugh a minute, but I remember and maybe it's because we were so fucked up, but we were like, Holy shit. Like this might be brilliant. This is like super like the I th- and I still feel like this way about the Adam West stuff. Like it was really funny satire. Uh huh. And if Joel Schumacher is going for that, plus a lot of people forget, there's some genuine moments between Alfred and Bruce Wayne and Batman and Robin. Like Alfred's dying, and they have a lot of talks okay. about like you know how he was always there for the family. Like the, some of that stuff is from a much better Batman movie. Okay, yeah, it just has a whole fair. bunch of what killed the dinosaurs, the Ice <laughs> Age, and Uma Thurman slinking around in a fucking gorilla costume. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was weird. That 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 distracted from it. Okay. Then he falls down, as you said. Uh, Hold on, I, let me bring this back to to falling down real quick. Okay, because Michelle Pfeiffer, the Catwoman. Did you know that the the cashier at the Whammy Burger was her sister? I thought you say her. And I'm her like, younger no. sister. Uh, uh-uh, didn't. Yeah, Dee Dee Pfeiffer. I don't know. Hmm. Really given uh, what? Really, really given uh, 
uh, Michael Douglas the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like after she got over the initial she shock, fought, she, she was wanted like, a piece of that over the hill defense this is, contractor. It's kind of interesting. I like this scenario. Yeah, it's confidence, man. It's attractive. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was because her manager was like she enjoyed seeing her manager scared shitless and could be threatened. The guy's prolific because he's made a movie like all these movies that's essentially every every year. Then he fell in a cage hole, as you said. Yeah, eight millimeter. Eight millimeter. Uh. Um. He just fell into the cage. Fell into yeah, right into the cage. Flawless. I haven't seen. No, uh, it's got De Niro and Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Hmm. Crazy. I haven't even heard of that. Tigerland. Have not seen it. No. Don't know what's about. Um, Bad Company. No. Phone, phone booth. I've that's yes. I have seen that movie. To Colin Farrell. I mostly like that movie. I thought it was it terrible. Nah, I didn't think so. It's old guy afraid of technology is what I remember. <laughs> Then Phantom of the Opera, okay. I've seen that. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, it's a I I like musicals. I actually detest. But he went Phantom back to the, the Kiefer with Phone Booth. Kiefer was the main Was he the main villain? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh then he's did the number twenty three, haven't heard of. Blood Creek, haven't heard of. Twelve, haven't heard of. Trespass. Number twenty three is another Jim Carrey one. It's it's okay. It's about numerology, is that the term? Oh. Where yeah, you're like yeah. finding patterns and numbers and it drives him insane and he right. realizes Oh my God! I'm top secrets. Who did you say was in this movie? Jim Carrey. No, no, no. The number twenty three. Is... Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about twelve because twelve no, has got uh... fifty cent is the only one I recognize <laughs> on that cover. No, number twenty three is Jim Carrey. Okay. Uh, the other one that I've seen is he directed two episodes of House of Cards, and it's pilot season, right? Uh, chapter five and chapter six. Yeah, which we probably which talked about in the podcast. We're probably good. Yeah. No. Um. So there you go. There's the career of. Uh, of one Joel Schumacher, a complicated guy, complicated guy, so. lots of lots of thoughts revolving in his head. It's a complicated movie. At it this is. Point. It is. But uh, I appreciate that uh, your support, Ruben from Boston, and uh, I hope we I hope we didn't bum you out because you know this is a you, you say this is a great movie. Um, I don't know what perspective you have on it, um, but uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed our take on it. Uh, and hope you don't think we were too rough on it. Because, again, like I said, I'm not saying it's, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just I have a lot of complicated yeah. feelings about it this, Me too. this far into my life. I'll, it'll be fun checking in with it in another 20 years. Oh, God. Maybe maybe we'll revisit this period in, in our nation's history. Will you even know what the real humanity was anymore? Aren't we all going to be like light beings or something? Well, I thought it was the other thing that was so interesting is how there's so many people that won't – like I said that there's there's kids born today that won't understand what the big deal with this breakfast thing was. How about the mother racing like her life depended on it to answer that <laughs> fucking phone? Yeah. Because I, there wasn't caller ID, maybe not even voicemail. Uh-huh. But like, like, oh my God, I'll never know who called and what if it was my mother who's dying? Like that, I've done that where you're just sprinting, you dive and grab the phone and nobody knows. It's not anymore. No, that's, that's, that's something that's gone and done. Yeah. Uh, in some ways I'm glad about that. In some ways I'm a little distraught. Oh yeah. That's you're in constant contact with people, whether you want to be or not. Bit of a leash. Yeah. Bit of a leash. Uh, okay. Thank you again. Ruben from Boston. If you would like to commission your podcast. Uh, it's easy to do. Go to baldmove.com slash shop. Click on the big film canister looking thing. And you can either do what Ruben did and select your own movie that is meaningful to you in some way. Or maybe it's a terrible movie you just want to torture us with. Uh, not many people, you know, you plunk that much money down. It's yeah. uh, the, the urge to troll dies pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also do a lot of community commissions. We've just added some recently. A couple of the Jim and Aaron selects. There's also... Um, you know, a few th- that the there's there's also a thread on the forums. If you're a VIP member, if you're a club dot of your club bald move member, uh, that's how we source those community commissions. It's suggested from our VIP members. We're doing another one of those uh, draft threads right now. So uh, if you haven't heard of that, go jump on the VIP sections and and uh, start nominating because we're going to be adding a bunch. But the upside of that is you can pay ten bucks at a time to kick in with a bunch of other bald move fans to get a commission yeah. done on something that's a bit. Maybe less personal and more popular. I think there will be blood, just community. Yes, I just saw that because that's one of the few PTA Thomas uh, Paul Thomas Andersons I have not seen. Right, Uh, and I've loved virtually all of his works or think they're interesting. So I'm excited about that. Yes, I think the next up is Mulholland Drive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I also dig into that. I also pre-watched Primer because I knew you'd already seen it, and holy shit, man! 
It's a noodle bender. It really is. <laughs> My, Which is like you said, oh, we can do primer this week. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. My prefrontal cortex folded up like Inception City. And then we yeah. also have like a, a polywog, polytail. Po- Pontypool. Pontypool. I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about that either. That's another one that's going to be exciting coming up. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. We will be back next week with another commission. And we'll see you then.